Welcome to the latest episode of the Sound the Foghorn podcast. As always, I am your host, Mark DeLuke, your co-side expert over at AroundTheFoghorn.com. Fan site, it's official San Francisco Giants site. You can always go on over there for the latest news, rumors, and happenings in the Giants organization. And of course, I'm on that prospects beat now that we have my league baseball. Elliot Ramos off to a fantastic start at AA Richmond. He could very quickly be punching his ticket to Sacramento and just be one step away from the big leagues. But more importantly, at the moment, the Giants have the best record in baseball. They've just taken uh, the first two games of a three-game series against the San Diego Padres. And uh, someone who's very familiar with the Padres hosts the Locked On Padres podcast over at the Locked On Padres Network. I'm very happy to have on Javier Reyes. Javi, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good, sir. Uh, despite my team uh, getting kicked uh, so far. But uh, do still doing pretty all right. Doing pretty all right. So, you know... I, I wanted to have you on. I mean, we're, you know, it's playing the Padres. We want to talk about, you know, where are your, where are you with this Padres team right now? You know, like I, I imagine at the start of the year, I tell you, you know, about a month into the year, you're going to lose to a team with the best record in baseball and fall a couple of games, you know, two and a half games back of the leader in the NL West. That's not a big shock, but it, I feel like it is surprising that that team in first place is the Giants and not the Dodgers. You know, where do you feel about kind of where the Padres are at and how their, you know, season's gotten started? In terms of the Padres, I think that just it's really hard uh, to talk about baseball. I often find when it comes to teams that are off to slow starts or performing above expectations even because the team is still good, uh, but it hasn't felt like a team that's very good. I think that that's kind of the the aura of the team right now where they lead in basically like every pitching category for the most part. Maybe they fell back a little bit after. Musgrove's less than ideal start in this game two of the series this weekend but uh, for the most part they're leading all over the place great bullpen with guys like Pop Reds and the shark Mark Melanson yes. and even guys like Austin Adams who hasn't allowed a run in quite a long time unless I missed it and he did uh, my bad I sort of may or may not have just lied down for the end of this uh, second game because <laughs> I was just really tired I was just like all right they're losing by like five runs and nobody could hit so uh, that might have been a thing let me just make sure before I embarrass myself no he did not pitch it was Tim Hill Tim Hill there we go uh, Tim Hill allowed a run along with Chris Matt but um yeah it's it's one of those teams that's still good but it hasn't played like, and I think that this is one of the problems is because in 2020, they're like the story of baseball. They have so much electricity and, and how they play. They have the walk-off hits. Will Myers starts showing signs of life. Eric Hosmer, you get this Cronenworth kid out of nowhere. And obviously, Fernando Tatis Jr., who makes another error in today's game, by the way. A low-key storyline in baseball right now is that Fernando Tatis Jr. forgot to play defense or forgot how to. Um, so really, I guess in general when you compare it to last season, very, a, a sad team, I, I guess is what you could, you could saw it. Uh, not a miserable, not quite horrid. This isn't, you know, I mean, the Yankees, everybody's been talking about the Yankees and how they they started off poorly. And I think that that's been a little bit hyperbolic, but um, the Padres are, they just can't hit, man. You know, I, I don't know why I'm trying to like, look for the, the unique angle Right now, talking to you, the bottom eyes, they've just been struggling to hit. And to a degree, I think that's just really good Giants pitching. Disclefani, a guy who clearly was just a great buy low candidate for the Giants. He had like a seven ERA last year or whatever it was. And they just figured, 
all right, this guy is clearly not that bad. So hopefully we get something a little bit better on the cheap end. So he's been okay. But the, the Gosman thing, uh, Kevin Gosman is just really good. So I'm not as annoyed that they weren't able to hit up Gosman uh, in the Saturday game, but and just in general, it's not just the Giants, though. It's everybody. They couldn't even hit against Pittsburgh. And the Pittsburgh Pirates are projected to be one of the three worst teams in the league. So that's kind of the current think space of the Padres. But with all that said, the team is so stacked, so loaded, that it's still capable of going on like a, an enormously good run now that we you know, turn the calendar. We're in April. Or, I'm sorry, we're in May. They could easily go on a crazy run and start having their offense absolutely explode. So I'm not totally concerned about the long-term uh, of the team, especially since the season is very, very long. Baseball still is still extremely long, but it's it's not great so far. It hasn't been as um, exciting as it was last year. Yeah, and the Padres fall into that category that you know it happens every year, right? Where uh, you know they in a lot you know won the off season, right? They they make the Musgrove yeah. trade, the Snell trade, and of course that was really building on the momentum from last year's trade deadline, you know, where they get Nola and Clevenger um, and whatnot, but. I, I think it's also, you know, easy to just look. I mean, you look at these standings and God, Major League Baseball is terrible right now. I mean, like, and I say that in terms of parody, like this is mm-hmm. not parody coming from all the teams being really great. This is parody from like a lot of teams returning to, you know, kind of just hovering in this mediocrity, you know, and, and, and so, right, like. The Padres are two games above 500. They're 18 and 16. And they also have the fourth best record in the National League. Like, like, and, you know, I think, mm-hmm. you know, are a half game back of, you know, where, yeah, I think they have a half game worse record than the Phillies who are leading the National League East. Like, it's, I think, also because the storyline of the offseason, right, is, you know, a lot of people saw this, you know, kind of the mediocrity across the league or this, like, center, you know, this, uh, assimilation to the middle around major league baseball coming because of all these teams who are either, you know, cutting salary or not being willing to splurge. And the exceptions to that have consistently been the Dodgers, the Padres, I guess on the American mm-hmm. side, the Yankees and white Sox. And so I, and you know, this offseason, the Mets as well. And so I think part of it is also just kind of the narrative building, right. Of like everyone else when, you know, when no one else is willing to spend, when no one else is willing to trade prospects and trade, take chances, the Padres, the Dodgers, you know, these teams were willing to do it. And so I think that also just put them in a place. And again, I, I, I bought into it. Like, I'm not saying anyone was necessarily wrong for doing it, but I think that's also where it wasn't just an expectation that they would be good. It was an expectation. Like these teams would excel when everyone else was going to kind of plateau. And so even though the Padres are firmly in the playoffs and, you know, a five game winning streak away from being on having the best record in baseball, potentially like it, it does feel underwhelming. I'm curious for you too, though. You know, I get that they haven't been hit at least from my sort of distance, the, they haven't necessarily like been hit. It seems like, like injury after injury, but it does mm-hmm. seem like there are some injuries that are starting to pile up. Obviously Tati said the scare with the shoulder. And to be honest, I'm still kind of concerned about that. I know no one's making a big deal about, but with the defensive struggles and whatnot, I still kind of have my questions, but you know, on the pitching side, they lose more at home. Who's someone I've liked for a while. Obviously, Paddock's on the IL. Lamette, we still don't know. You know, obviously, he's scheduled to start tomorrow. But, you know, how effective and how much trust they're going to be able to put with him. They've already lost Clevenger. You know, you, the, the pitching's been carrying him. The offense has been struggling. But as injuries, like, how do you feel about this pitching staff and, and the depth, you know, as these kind of injuries have started to pile up here? Yeah, absolutely, bad. So, 
they haven't been hit with like that Chicago White Sox type injuries right. where, and they also haven't acted like the Chicago White Sox <laughs> when it comes to injuries, I guess you could say. Um, wh- wow, what a thing that was. But in terms of the injuries, I think that's what I'm more concerned about with the Padres right now, where the team, I just, it's hard for me to believe that Tatis is going to stay the way he is. It's, it, I mean, it's even harder for me to believe that Manny Machado is going to keep up with his kind of lackluster effort so far. Tommy Pham, guys like that. Like, it's just hard for me to believe that they won't eventually at least be league average at offense. Like, yeah. I, it's just so hard for me to believe that. But I am worried about this running trend now, and it's been going on for a while. Padre Land knows this. Just the team being extremely cagey when it comes to injuries where – you know, you have last year the playoffs, which you, which you brought up Clevenger before. Where, I mean, man, th- these this I don't know who runs PR, who puts out these messages or whatever, but they're like, yeah, Lament and Clevenger are hurt, and then they just kind of leave it at that, <laughs> and all of a sudden they're not pitching in the postseason. They're like, yeah, they're they're going through things. That's what it feels like. That's what the messaging, the vibe, the tone almost feels like. And then all of a sudden, Clevenger, they're like, ah, he just you know, bone chips. It's like, oh, okay. So he just needs a scope or something. He'll be out for a little bit, not too long. No, no, no. We, we're lying. It's actually Tommy John surgery. It's like, oh, oh, oh okay. All right. What about Lament? Ah, oh, he just needs to go on through some rehab. Oh, oh, he's at full limit. Okay, go, go. He goes out, goes two innings, and then forearm tightness, right? And then the other day, he's out there, but he's not pitching at 100%. Clearly, velocity was down by like three miles per hour on his slider and fastball, which wasn't great. Um, it's just that's the issue I have with the Padres right now. Not so, and I didn't even you just mentioned the Tatis thing, an injury that I don't know what it is with maybe some San Diego reporters and all that, but they're just like, hey, and you know this shoulder injury Tatis has. I'm like, no, 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 no. There's a difference between having a problem versus like he had an injury to his shoulder before. Right. No, you never made this clear that this is. Oh yeah, we knew it was. It was kind of a worry among Padres camp that like it might just explode from him swinging the bat. No, you never made that clear. This is not like Chris Sale running on a tractor or whatever and getting himself hurt. This is like a guy playing routine actions in baseball. You never made that clear. So I don't like that they were trying to push that almost that narrative. I, I hate using the word narrative. It's, it's sports that gets overused, but uh, it, it's, it works for a reason. Uh, so that's really frustrating. But in general, the team, I think they're going to get better. And I think that the injuries have started to become... And Adrian Monahan, who's out for the season, Matt Strom, who hasn't come back yet, you know, some bull- key bullpen guys, Ryan Weathers, who had to be taken out of a game after his excellent start. Um, he came back the other day in the Lament start. Um, he had to pick up for, he only went two innings, but uh, you get what I'm saying, where it's just <laughs> this team that it's hard to trust them with any injuries. And like, if you told me tomorrow, Tatis would be out for a month, it literally wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. That's just kind of the point we're at with the team and injuries, I think. Yeah, and, and that's one thing I wonder about the Padres because, you know, I'll be the first person to celebrate the, the, the spending and the, the investment they've made on their big league roster. But one thing that I, I am curious about and wonder about, and this is something we really aren't going to know unless people internally leak stuff or reporters really dive into it. And I understand why this isn't going to happen, but, you know, where while the Padres payroll is at a level it's never been before, you know, Teams that have a history of not, you know, have running that top flight payroll on the big league roster, that usually hasn't translated to them spending a lot on their training staff or other things. Like usually the big league payroll is a good sign of, you know, mm-hmm. how you're going to spend elsewhere, right? Like I think the Marlins were a great example of this when Jeffrey Loria did that 
final spend on, I don't know, it was Jose Reyes or something. You know, he did that binge to mm-hmm. get the stadium so he could sell the team. You know, he, he had this huge be signed Stanton to the extension he does. Like, you know, he, he has this big spending binge, but I guarantee you, if you look at the rest of the roster, you could have seen that there was no change in, you know, investment in scouting or front office staff mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. training staff. And so that's one thing I'd be curious about with the Padres. And again, like, there's, it's baseball, it's pitching, there's injuries. Like I'm not making a causal jump or putting it blame mm-hmm. on anyone, but mm-hmm. it, it is just something it's like, you know, some teams spend more on that. And generally speaking, if you're going to spend more, if you're going to, you're going to get, you know, the quote unquote, more reputable people, you're going to have maybe access to, you know, better therapists or things like that. Um, and and I, ju- I just wonder if that's something um, where, where have, I wonder if the Padres spending, in the rest of the organization, the investment in the rest of the organization has matched the increased investment we've seen um, on the big league roster. That's honestly, Mark, that's a great, great point because like I was just talking about the, all these injuries and how I don't trust anybody and how Larry Rothschild, the pitching coach, everyone's saying, I mean, what's going on? Chris Paddock has, has gotten worse ever since this guy got here. Then you have Lebet, Clevenger, Bordehoud and all, all these guys, right? Making it almost like Mackenzie Gore. They don't want to call him up. He needs to stay away. <laughs> stay at away this point, it's, at this you, point, buddy. it's the phantom legend of Mackenzie Gore. At this point, <laughs> three years now, it's been he's he's right around the corner. Mm. Gore is slowly getting to that point. However, it is also true that we did have last year the yes, pandemic yes. ball. So, but I, I do get what you're saying, where he's becoming this thing where it's like, all right. Can we can we see a little bit? He did have his first AAA start the other day, though, or maybe it was today. I don't even remember. I'm getting my Twitter timelines mixed up, but uh, so we'll have, see how that pans out. But yes, that's a that's a really good point, and I, and like you said, that's one of those things where we just have to we'll have to see. This isn't like I could go out and spot track and be like, oh yeah, they're spending you know this much on you know their their scouter or whatever. Right. Like I can't yeah, see yeah. Uh, what their contracts are, but uh, and like I said, I'm a little weird about. And I don't like being that person who complains about media beat reporters. It's stupid and it's overplayed, but it's, it's, I do wonder a little bit because there's sometimes when they take it easy on the Padres and when they take it easy on certain players of the team who underperform, you know, it's the end of the world. If, um, you know, Fran Mil Reyes is get out base, but that Eric Hosmer, who hasn't played good defense his whole career seemingly, but had two gold gloves somehow. It's like, ah, that leadership mentality, yeah. though, and these type of things that you probably get what I'm alluding to. But, and of course, Eric Hosmer naturally uh, is decided to have a career resurgence now. But I think that that's a really great point. I would be very curious to see how that kind of plays out. Um, but the vibes seem to be good, and it doesn't seem like we're getting any you know, Jeff Groke type of a uh, Rockies athletic story. <laughs> you know, That's that going to be like, actually, it turns out AJ Preller, <laughs> he makes them every single morning run 70 laps around the, the stadium. And then he tells them, go get me Taco Bell or else you're fired. Yep. Or we're going to get some crazy story like that. Right. So the vibes are still good. And again, it's the most cliche thing to ever say, but cliches happen for a reason. And in this case, it's, it's still very early on the season. And there's still a lot of things that could change between now and then. I mean, remember when it was the apocalypse with the Oakland A's? They started yep. off like 0-6, and yep. now they're like one of the best teams in baseball. So you just have to wait and see. Yeah, and again, like this Padres team, like even though they've struggled, and I imagine for Padres fans, it's frustrating to watch, you know, knowing what this team has been and could be and, you know, seeing the offense do what it does. But to me or, you know, most regular baseball fans, the Padres are still a team. It's like you feel like at any point you can turn it on, you can watch Tatis or Machado. Like it's still an exciting team. You know, it, it's, yeah, it still yeah. has all those pieces um, there. And that's, I think, why, you know, so many people, I think, are going to spend a lot of play, a lot of attention to the National League West in part because, 
you know, the Dodgers and Padres were already going to be, you know, the, you know, we're already probably the leading storylines coming into the year. Of course, they have the fantastic back and forth in their series that just increases it. And now you have the big market team, the, you know, the, the sleeping giant giants now out mm-hmm. of nowhere um, in the mix. Like this is just a, like a fantastic, you know, storyline for the league to, to, to play off of, but it is just really kind of also backwards in so many ways because the giants beat the Padres today, seven to one. And the guys who hit the homers were Brandon Crawford, Brandon belt and Austin Slater. And like, you know, you, you think about, you know, a Padres team losing with, you know, Crawford and belt being the ones like that is not the, like the giants, I feel like in a lot of ways. And part of the reason I think so many people are, um, even more surprised by this hot start um, away from the team. And again, I'm not, I get, I got to give credit. I know you were on um, Ben Caspic's podcast over uh, for locked on giants, or you guys did like a collaboration episode. I think mm-hmm. um, he, he was, I, I give I have to give him a lot of credit. He was even higher on the giants than I was. He saw sort of an 84, 85 win team. I saw a 82 win team that if things hit right and granted, we'll see how things play out, but you know, the Giants have really subverted every every expectation of how like team building quote unquote works in the modern day and like the simplistic way we cover it. And I mean that in like the Padres built through the farm system. You know, they, you know, AJ Preller tried and failed when he traded for the Uptons and the Kimbrels and mm-hmm. and so he tore it down and you got Tatis for James Shields and, and he, you know, developed through the draft and you draft McKenzie, you know, all these things, right? He he built in sort of that way. And then you know, you, you have a team like the Phillies, right. That signs Bryce Harper and trades, you know, like trades for Real Muto, like the giants under uh, Farhan Zaidi, since he, he got there, like the, the farm system has undeniably improved. Again, that's my beat. I, I think this system is stronger than it's, it's potentially been in my lifetime. And at least since Posey and Bumgarner were like prospects in the minor league ranks, it's definitely improved, but the big league teams improvement, like it's really been like the players who were good during the dynasty and then were not so good in the in-between are now playing like they're good again while he's added these Kevin Gaussman's and, you know, Desclafani's and these other players around the edges, Mike Yastrzemski, obviously, but even Yastrzemski hasn't been a huge factor this year. And so I think that's where people didn't know what to make of the Giants because it's like, well, they have these older players who, you know, older players get worse. That's And then they have these younger guys, but these younger players aren't ready yet. So I guess they're going to be bad and ignored the part that, you know, the older players had shown some signs of rebound last season. And Buster Posey obviously has this season off and we didn't know, you know, the ultimate impact, but we might've been able to opine that that could have helped him. Again, no one expected MVP caliber Posey like we've mm-hmm. seen, but, but mm-hmm. I think that's been one of the things too, where, the, the Giants just don't fit these things we've built. And so now they're just here um, alongside the Padres and Dodgers. And I'm curious for you, from the Padres perspective, like what do you view the Giants as? Like, do you view the Giants like now? Do you see this as a three horse race? Like it's the Padres and Dodgers and Giants for the rest of the season. Do you see the Giants as a team that you expect to fade and will be a wild card contender? Do you think they're going to fade all the way? Like, how do you view the Giants in, in contrast to the Padres right now? Um, I think that the Giants are the most, the flukiest team in maybe 50, no, I'm kidding. Um, there's, (laughs) (laughs) there's, so I was actually kind of high on the Giants too. I think they're, I I described this as as like an Island of Misfit toys because Mm -hmm. of the amount of one year contracts they were giving out this off season. And it's like, 
you have Gosman, everyone's like, that's your ace? He was yeah. terrible in Baltimore. <laughs> and it's like, actually, he's really good. And a lot of his strikeout numbers started going through the roof on certain pitches. And, you know, especially last year. And look at him this year. He's a bona fide ace. He's been awesome this year. Um, better than, like, my beloved pal and, and weirdo Blake Snell. He's been, yeah. like, a lot better than him this year. Um, which, you know, whoever had that on their bingo card, go ahead. Like, go for it. Um, I think that the Giants, it's hard to tell, though. Because I think the Giants in another division are one of those teams that we maybe view them differently. I just mean, Mm -hmm. you know, competing against different teams because the Padres and Dodgers are projected like 95, 96 around that range. And if the Giants are like an 88 win team, that's really good. But is it as good as those teams? That's that's my thing, though. So I don't know if it's necessarily a three horse race. But I think, and I I thought about this before the season, I thought that the Giants were being supremely underrated. I thought that they had really good ownership. And, you know, Buster Posey was coming back this year, who, granted, I didn't expect this. Let let me be clear. I'm not going to be that that jerk who's like, oh, yeah, I knew this would happen. And he might slow down, too. We'll have to see what happens. Um, And maybe Kurt Casale will have to, you know, do something for them or whatever the heck, right? But guys like Longoria coming back who I thought was he looked dead (laughs) that guy just looked dead last year so um there are some things that are a little bit fluky but at the same times uh the same time I think that guys like Wilmer Flores might improve a little bit Alex Dickerson I think is a solid hitter I think guys like obviously Yastrzemski who at one point last year was the MVP in the National League for maybe granted only maybe like the first month but still he was great so I'm expecting those guys to improve and you never know if the they start being like, hey, you Chicago Cubs, you want to go out for a little lunch real quick? You know, let's just let's just talk. Let's just talk for a little bit. Um, or they could just be like, hey, let's just have fun this year and screw it. Like, we'll, we'll just keep all of our prospects. And we're just like, you know, we're, we're playing with house money, I guess. They could just be like, hey, it's fun. Whatever happens, happens for the Giants. There almost isn't as much of a expectation needed at least i think for them they're not supposed to be a playoff team necessarily especially in this really uh stacked division even the dimebacks aren't too much of a pushover either the rockies are bad but uh, aside from that like you know it's it's definitely a competitive division you could argue probably the best division in all of baseball because you got two top heavy teams a wild card type team in the giants and then a fringe you know definitely not a pushover team in the diamondbacks so really great division from the padres perspective i get tweets every now and then they're like why are we losing to the giants what's going on here man like what we're better than them it's like I, right, I, dude, i'm going to baseball before? i'm going to i'm going to call that a san diego accent for the rest of my life by the way i just <laughs> i mean I'm, I'm not even from san diego so i don't know how the heck they talk um i know that <laughs> The, the Padres fans are funny because they, they get on everybody for everything. I mean, they're coming at me all the time and Hey, Hey, you didn't, you were talking more about the Mets and all this stuff. I just say, hey, man, I'm comparing how the Padres are off to a slow start compared to the Mets. It's a, they're both slow starting teams um, in terms of offense. At least the yep. Mets are just, Oh man. I, I know we can't talk about it here because it's not what the topic is, but Let's just say Francisco Lador. I, I love you to infinity and beyond uh, for the, every reason. The, <laughs> It was such like I felt like watching when he says the whole like rat raccoon thing. It was like, you know, it's very obvious. Like, I know you're lying right now. (laughs) And also, like, 
you are so committed to this and like like it, like he had that you know when you're telling the story right and, and then you're telling the story you know you're making up and you throw it man it was crazy like he threw yeah like, that's the, the like, giveaway little parts in there it was like man it was crazy and he like had like this bright smile like it was i just like man i i like obviously i adore again, him it's like i adore know, him so much my figure right like when i'm talking to someone or you know especially on the industry side where people obviously are rightfully you know for their own like employment sake you know not giving away information you know i always mm-hmm. say it's like look it's my job to ask it's your job to say no sometimes you know what i mean like that's beat exactly. writers it is your job to figure out what happened you know people who cover the mets it is your job to figure out what happened at the same time francisco lindor well played and i have to admit that was hilarious look francisco lindor by puerto rican king i don't know if everybody who knows me knows i love every puerto rican player in the league Carlos Correa, don't worry before you bring that up. Uh, he's currently on paid uh, absence leave. Uh, he's not part of the Puerto Rican Alliance. He's <laughs> administrative still part of, leave. Him. Yeah, he's on his administrative leave. There you go. That's the third terminology. Like, we're not, we still claim him. He's still ours, but he's on temporary leave. We can't actually, like, pump him up and hype him up currently. But uh, with Lindor, it was just, that's me playing among us. And that's me playing, like, like when I've clearly been caught, I stabbed someone in front of everybody or whatever the heck on a Jackbox game, faking it. Everybody check out that game. It's yes, a great time. Yes. And I'm just like, you, you know, it's, it's crazy, guys. Like what happened was I went like the, the it's crazy. That's perfectly spot on. When you add the little, wow, it's crazy what happened. That's when you know <laughs> he's lying. And then Jeff McNeil comes in. He's like, oh, yeah, it was a really fun situation. Like he can't even try to lie. He didn't even like try to commit. He was just like, I'm what's so I, great about what Lindor great. did is I haven't even seen the McNeil video. It makes a lot of sense. But like Lindor did such a great <laughs> job that like no one said did McNeil's story align. It was just like claps yeah. <laughs> all around standing ovation. By the way, for, it was phenomenal. On the uh, Puerto Rican Alliance side, the Giants first round pick from a few years ago, I mentioned the top Elliot Ramos. He's doing mm. quite he he was he won the on a big Barry Nugent award in spring training for like the best Ooh. first play basically the player who's first like big league camp who does the well he had like 350 with a few homers I'm gonna have big to league camp and at double an a double a he's <laughs> off to a hot start he's six of 14 um I think today even he had another double and walk and he was someone who frankly I we kind of expected to start at triple a because he did so well so he's one who could probably very quickly move to triple a and if the Giants, you know, offense, this is both teams in some ways. I mean, the Padres were expected to have a good starting rotation. In some ways, it's been the bullpen though doing a, a lot of this work. But, you know, the, the Giants were a team that, you know, even for people who are high on them, it was the offense that was supposed to do it, right? It was that Mike Yastrzemski just finished eighth in MVP. Brandon Belt had a bounce back year. If Evan Longoria maybe, you know, can mimic some of the Belt bounce back. We saw Crawford actually was pretty good this year, you know catcher was their only position that was below average last year. And now you have Buster Posey coming back, even if he's league average, right? That's a huge upgrade. Donovan Solano went silver slugger. Like, like the, the recipe for this team to get off to a hot start was there, but it was just like, let the starting pitching and bullpen be average with the offense, just excel because of its mm-hmm. depth and, and, and carry them. And it's been the opposite, which is always works for the farm system because the farm system is stacked on the position player side with players like Ramos and Bart, who uh, obviously we, we all got to see last year at the big league level who struggled, but, um, you know, if it is the offense that struggles, if it is the outfield, like there are potentially internal options that, um, you know, c- could offer so- some solutions. Again, you know, Austin Slater homered today, but he's been struggling. You know, if they needed a, a right-handed bad capable playing center, like that's what it seems like they view Ramos as, you know, uh, down the road as well. It'll be interesting to see, though, for a team like that is its identity is so much different than we expected, right, with the Giants, where we expected to be this hitting team. And now it's been like this 
you know, dominant starting pitching. And like you mentioned, we expected this from Gaussman, but like DeSclafani's ERA is 2.4. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, Alex Wood and Johnny Cueto's ERAs are under two. You know, um, you know, Logan Webb has had his flashes and moments. Even Aaron Sanchez, who went on the IL um, today, you know, has not even been hitting 90 miles per hour. And he has a 3.18 ERA. Like, it's just been really great starting pitching. The offense has been above average, but not exceptional. And the bullpen's been, you know, slightly below average is, you know, you like to think, well, this hot start, you know, maybe the the hope, right, for the Giants is that the starting pitching regresses. If it does regress, you have the offense bounce back and start to carry the load, right? The, the bullpen, you hope, you know, guys like Matt Whistler and Jake, Mc, you know, Whistler, especially here, he's like eight, you know, he kind of evens out a bit, right? And, and um, you know, then they can kind of carry the load and stay hot. On the flip side, you know, that's, I think, the story that the Padres are telling themselves right now. And I think, you know, there's a lot more reason to believe, you know, there's a lot more reason to be confident that Manny Machado, Tatis Jr., even someone like Pham is probably much more likely to, you know, have this big turnaround or, or take a huge step. Not that there aren't Giants hitters who can, but that's where when you get into comparing these two teams, it's so interesting because the Giants are basically a team without stars, right? They are a team yep. full of, of big leaguers, but without stars. And the Padres are a deep team that, that depending on how you view some guys might have some holes might not, but there's no denying, right. That they have star power. And I think even on the starting rotation side, right. Like Joe Musgrove and Blake Snell, I think are two guys that are really, I'm really interested to see how they progress, especially Snell because they were guys who, especially Musgrove, right. The analytics community has been calling him like an ace hidden in Pittsburgh for like three years now, Mm -hmm. but Snell was someone who it felt like, you know, big league fan perception of Blake Snell was like a top flight ace. Mm Mm-hmm. And you looked at the numbers and you said, other than the Cy Young year, he's really been a really good mid-rotation starter, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I got I got memed for it rightfully on Giants Twitter because when the Snell news break, I was like, if I, you know, the Giants should offer and like it was a huge prospect package. And then I looked at his baseball reference. And I was like, never mind. Like I, I viewed Snell a lot higher than I think um, was warranted. But I was curious to see, you know, he was still being asked to essentially be the second or third arm in, in San Diego but the Giants did the opposite, right? Like no one was calling Kevin Gaussman a steal. No one was calling Anthony Sclafani, you know, a, a potential two or three starter, you know, this free agency. Like not Alex Wood, right, is how many injuries and how far removed from being the young, really good Atlanta Braves pitcher. Like they did it without the names and yet they're getting in some cases better, but at the very least similar results. It's just really interesting to see how this sort of team building has happened. Yeah, absolutely. And with with Snell, it's definitely he's he would be like the biggest takeaway from the weekend for me. And I'll probably talk about this on my pod, which everyone should definitely check out if you'd like uh locked up Padres. Um, where the Snell thing, and granted, he's still like not super old. It's not I don't like assuming in sports ever that we just know what someone is. Yeah. Um, but it is you but what I will agree on is absolutely the Cy Young season really does um What's it called? Um, it looks like the exception right now. It looks like, yeah, like the aberration. It looks, yeah. It look, yeah, it looks more like an aberration. But even still, if this is like a a 3.4 ERA guy who can hopefully reach up to like maybe like, I don't know, like between 190 and like 210 strikeouts, something like that. Like that's still great if that's his peak. Like that's still awesome. If he could be mm-hmm. like a, a Jack Flaherty, if he can be a, I don't know, just a really solid arm. 
we don't need him to be the Sayug because we also got Darvish, who is the other. That's the hilarious part is Darvish. We somehow didn't give up anything for. Yeah. And he's just been lights out with. And even in his bad outings, he's still you could you know, when pitchers have bad outings, but you can still see the stuff. Yeah, it just seems like, it, you know what I mean? Like in his first, the April 1st start against Arizona, like when he got the strikeouts with the the Supreme, as he calls his pitch. Oh my God, I love you, Darvish, so much. Uh, like it was like, oh my God, like, yeah, this guy's stuff is still awesome. Um, So even when he's not great, um, it's still there. And then on top of that, you look at the fact that they get him at a pretty, you know, decent discount for how good he potentially is or is right now uh, for the next couple of years, he's under contract. And then you take into account, Again, we already talked about how I don't trust the Padres and injuries, but theoretically, you have Denelson Lament, and then mm-hmm. you have Mike Clevenger, and then you have Mackenzie Gore, the, right. the shadow realm monster, as we call him, <laughs> uh, if he ever debuts. But in, in reality, like looking at that, you're like, holy dear God, it doesn't even matter if Blake Snell isn't the ace anymore. As if you just have like an A starter and then four B pluses you're golden. And that's like a world series team, like almost undoubtedly type of rotation right there. Um, so I'm not overly concerned, but I, I do think to a degree, like I'm not expecting this guy to walk six batters every time. I think he's going to figure it out uh, at some point. It's just, you know, we're early on in the season and pitchers can be fluky and weird sometimes. I mean, Kyle Hendricks is like one of the most consistent starters in baseball somehow. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. And he's just getting torched like every outing. And he had a good one the other day, but um, for the most part, like I don't, you just you got to be very careful with the takes, I guess, in baseball is what I would warn everybody, because you can look mighty stupid uh, with a lot of it. Like, you know, someone out there, I, I guarantee Mark, just go look up Mike Francesa's Twitter page. I guarantee you he was said something dumb about Francisco Lador. You know, what I mean, he was like, oh, yeah. it's a waste, a bust, you know, like I'm not to treat uh, to talk like I'm using the Trump vernacular, but like, you know, it's just, <laughs> he doesn't look great. You know what I mean? Like, yes, that's just what happens sometimes. So my word for everybody would be definitely a joy and there's things you can learn but in terms of team total success judging off the first month is just extremely fraught with it's not a good life don't do it you're gonna get owned on twitter and you deserve to get owned because it's not this isn't football or basketball where you can learn a lot more in small sample sizes or and even then even if you can't learn more it matters more right like that's the other thing right like you lose four games in football that's a quarter of your season like we're an eighth of the way through the season a month in for baseball and the thing too about like gore is again like i like joking about it and and, but you know he's still a really good prospect also like the padres have done the perfect thing in that like they don't need gore to be the guy you know so many scouts uh, scouting heads have like gone you know crazy over saying he's like a future ace right like if he is obviously that brings this team to uh, the next level right like that ensures a level of competent you know competitiveness that you know even they currently don't have but like that's the thing you mentioned like if snell again like i don't there's no reason to believe snell won't be a competent mid-rotation guy if musgrove is at least a mid-rotation guy again he's kind of looking like he might be a bit more than that a, a two and then darvish is an ace like mackenzie gore comes in and is just like in erratic but occasionally dominant three or four like obviously that's underwhelming and disappointed to what fan expectations are but like that's still a a huge you know addition to the team right like and Mm -hmm. that's the thing that again like that's what the Dodgers have been able to do so well right is like they've had these incredible prospects who've come up and done great things but they've also positioned themselves where if the prospect that they're expecting doesn't it doesn't doom them right that was kind of what got the Giants in the position they were in in the dynasty years is it was like they had this guy who they expected to be the everyday center fielder and then you know like gary brown's one for old giants uh, or giants fans fans will remember and even steven duggar to a certain extent and then they didn't pan out it's like well i guess we got to sign an arts fan now because we don't have another option and that's sort of how they um you know got in the position they did where the padres are saying 
you know, we can wait for McKenzie Gore. We don't have to rush him, right? We don't um, have yep. to put him in a difficult position. And and that's the thing where, again, like, it is very easy to envision a scenario where everything comes together for the Padres, right? They could easily win the division. They could easily win the World Series this year. Like, they are by no means out of it. But I'm curious, for someone who follows the Padres so closely, I think it's fair to say if the Giants are going to win the National League West, which, again – is still probably not the most likely scenario. It's probably, you know, maybe if you want to, you know, even high is probably 15, 20% chance, maybe 25. Mm -hmm. If it's going to happen, it feels like one, at least one of the Padres or Dodgers do have to fade, you know, like they, it just has to like not come together for them the way everyone is expecting Mm -hmm. it to, Um, that they might be able to beat one, but it seems like both are, are out of it. If this is a year that, it just doesn't come together for the Padres that for whatever reason, you know, things just kind of stay in this meandering middle of the road place. You know, maybe they make the second wild card, maybe they compete for the second wild card spot, but it's just, you know, they don't take the step. They don't meet the expectations. What do you think the story is for why that happens? I think it's just a, a classic. We, we got a little bit too ahead of ourselves if Mm. the Padres don't, become world series here. And that's, what's so hilarious is the Padres just making the playoffs in the first place is already should be. And yeah, I'm claimed to be just because I only started following the team recently. I'm the fake fan and all this. <laughs> it's like, well guys, like I thought if you guys are long type fans, you should be thrilled that the fact that the low end of this team is wild card spot. And like, yep. nobody's really considering that they don't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like that's great. Awesome. But I think if they don't make it, it becomes a thing of maybe we, we jumped on it too soon and I'm going to love that. I'm going to eat it up because then Padres fans included, everyone's gonna be like, yeah, yeah, but the Padres are disappointing last year. We'll see if they can put it together. And then people are gonna forget that they have all these other, not to mention AJ Preller, a warlock, a, a dark mage of of sorcery. Like I could trade for Chris Bryant in like three days. I don't know. Like the the Padres currently have, you know, I mean every, I mean you follow basketball, I assume. Like yes, the the, the LA Lakers, for example, famously their fan base hilariously photoshopped. And it became like a meme, every single player in a Lakers jersey. Celtics did this too, by the way. And, you know, the Padres are like one of the only fan bases where it's actually, there's like some credibility to it. There's some credence to them doing it because with all the trades they've made, all like the Clevenger getting even guys like Austin Nola. Nola, yeah. Obviously like Darvish and Musgrove and all, all these guys, like it's not totally inconceivable that you could put, you Photoshop Chris Bryant in a Padres jersey and they end up acquiring him and they give up fam and, God forbid CJ Ayers, but whatever it would take. Look, the Cubs might be might be silly. We gave up like some pots guy for New <laughs> Darvish, so maybe they won't even take any top prospect for him. But um, that that would be another thing to look forward to. So I would love for people to, if the Padres don't make the World Series this year, to assume that it, it failed and Snell is bad. Confirmed. The 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 Rays won the trade. Confirmed. And and all they have is you Darvish as a good starting pitcher. I'd love that because oftentimes in sports, man it takes a little bit of time before the heroes, you know, make their comeback. They always start off, you know, at the beginning, the hero loses. And then the second act, the climax of the film is when the hero comes in, it, it delivers the hope and awesome stuff that everybody's been uh, clamoring for so desperately. So I'm not really all that concerned about that, to be perfectly honest. It is also, we're projecting granted. Yeah. I mean, this is what we do. We're hosting a podcast for crazy. <laughs> like, it's what we kind of have to do, but it's very, I don't know. I, I, th- I think the story will be, did we just get a little bit, did we assume too many things from the 2020 breakout that would carry over, i.e. Tatis being a good defender, 
um, you know, uh, Will Myers and Eric Hosmer, who have both been playing well, but let's just pretend, for example, that mm-hmm. yeah. one of the reasons they fall back and maybe Cronenworth and guys like that and fam and all these guys, maybe we assumed a little bit too much from 2020 would carry over despite all the good moves they made. But otherwise, bottom line is if, if, if you're still assumed to be a, a playoff team, like a fringe playoff team, you're in pretty great shape, especially for a team that hasn't been good since literally I was like two years old. So there's that. Yeah. And the injury luck is like a big part of this too. We always read into like how mm-hmm. good or bad a team is and often ignore Absolutely. like the injury part is like, again, Tatis missed time. Nola is missed time. Um, you know, you've, again, we mentioned, you know, you lost Clevenger before the year starts, you lose yep. more at home. You, you, you've again, now Paddock struggled, but like, you don't have, you know, like your, your depth has been heavily depleted. You know, you, you, re, you replay this whole season. Everyone else does the same, but you have a healthy Mike Clevenger or you have, you know, uh, a healthy Nola or Tatis not feeling bothered by the shoulder injury. And again, Tatis still, I think, has like an 830 OPS and like eight homers. Like that's the, yeah. um, you know, wild part about this. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like all of that is, is a big part of this as well, where, you know, a team like the Giants has gotten hit by injuries, but the Giants aren't reliant on that any one player really that much at least they haven't been because again they've kind of built this very uh egalitarian ish like roster without stars <laughs> with really i guess the exception being posy this year where you know mm-hmm. if you you lose posy there's a huge drop off at catcher but much every other spot on the roster you can point to more than one guy who you think could give you similar production to the, to the current player in that spot where again you would rather be in the Padres position to have a Tatis to have a Machado to you know to have someone like Clevenger who if you lose it's a big drop off because that means you have someone who is really good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, that is uh, Javier Reyes. You can, again, uh, follow him on Twitter. Where can the people uh, keep up with your work? Uh, they can keep up with me at Javapeno on Twitter, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. All sorts of memes and dub jokes out there. I tweet about other things besides baseball. Although oftentimes I like doing baseball because it ramps up the engagement. Um, and then on, you could also find me uh, on the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is at LO underscore Padres, uh, Monday through Friday, do some live shows every now and then. Got some cool stuff uh, in the works, baseball related, and also hoping to get my pop culture entertained. I need to get back to writing, Mark. I mean, good God. I mean, I'm being a lazy bum. I mean, I, I need it, to get back to it. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the freelance grind is the worst because you can always oh, yeah. just write it tomorrow. Yes, is, yes. I, I've, <laughs> oh my God. I've been falling into that, and I'm trying to do um, – again, uh, you're listening to uh, Sound the Foghorn podcast. You can check out our work over at Around the Foghorn. I've been doing daily – minor league run-throughs uh, from top to bottom, triple-A um, to class-A, going through the prospects. And, you know, I'm writing them every night, guys. Keep keep up. And But uh, I'm every time I finish, I'm like, God, I got to do this tomorrow. I love writing them, <laughs> but it's just, you know, it's, it's never it ending. a lot, man. And, you know, you don't have that health insurance attached, and that's always <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, we got to. We don't want to get too much into why the writing industry is completely yes. messed up and yes. favored towards a certain class An, of people. A different podcast, <laughs> but, a different yes. podcast for another day. <laughs> that is Javier Reyes. I am your host, Mark Deluki. You can follow me on Twitter at Mad Deluki. That is M A D D E L U C C H I. You can also follow Around the Foghorn at Round the Foghorn. This has been another edition of the Sound the Foghorn podcast. The Giants are 20 and 13, best record in baseball, where everything goes from here we'll have that and more on this podcast and on the website thanks you for joining us until next time have a wonderful week